0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. We're here to teach you and help you love God, save souls, and slay error. I'm reporting for duty. Paul, are you reporting for duty, my friend?
1: Yep, and uh, I don't think we're on Jesus 911 now, are we? <laughs> yeah, we're, but we're still reporting for
0: duty. Doesn't matter. Amen. Hey, uh, Amen. Re- ready in season and out of season, Jess. That's right. Hey, by the way, the month of February is dedicated to the Holy Family. Just kind of a reminder, a special devotion which proposes the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as the model of virtue for all Catholic and Christian households. This devotion to the holy family began in the 17th century. So one of the ways that I end my prayers, I'll end my prayers morning and evening and midday prayers. I'll say, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you, save souls. Then I'll make the sign of the cross. So it's just just a good doxology to end your prayers by saying, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you, save souls. It goes back to the 17th century. Got a lot of things to talk about today, uh, and Paul, thank you, thank you for for uh, pinch hitting today for Terry. Terry's all doing some apostolic work, and uh, you guys all know Paul Clay from Jesus Nine One One. He said, "Hey Jess, uh, ready, willing, and able." He's here. Uh, he's here pinch hitting. So thanks a lot, Paul. You're welcome, Jess. Good to be here. Here's a couple of things that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about well. Carlos Medina, the suspect's been arrested, uh, the, the, the suspect who murdered Bishop David O'Connell. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about why you should go to confession this length. In fact, we'll probably spend about two segments doing that. This is very important for us, the interior life, us to get right with God. You know what? Uh, everything happening around us in the world is irrelevant if your interior life is not right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're not right with God, Who cares? You know, is, oh, look what's happening in Ukraine. Oh, the Chinese are flying balloons. Who cares? If you're on your way to hell, who cares about anything else? And so we're going to spend two segments talking about the interior life. And one of the ways that we as Catholics have an advantage, Paul, is we have the blessed, that sacrament of confession that no other religion has.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. And it gives us great advantages,
0: Jess. Paul, you were away from the Sacrament of Confession for 20 Mm. some odd years, so I'm going to want to hear when we get to that topic. You got personal knowledge because now that you've returned back to the Sacrament of Confession several years ago, you can tell me before, because you were a Christian, you were an evangelical Christian for many years. But you're going to tell, I want to hear from you when we get to that segment, the advantage before and after, now that you once again have rediscovered and come back to your roots and especially the Sacrament of Confession, what it means to you. I want to hear. Uh, what you have to say about that so we'll we'll get to that Um, Mm -hmm. let me just mention today's the feast day of saint peter damian he was a one of the doctors of the church just one of the great giants in the catholic church there's only i think 38 doctors in catholicism and he was one of the great he lived back in the 11th century saint peter damian he dealt with a lot of the, the church sexual abuses he was vocal against it he spoke out against it and he also spoke against he also spoke out against political corruption back in the 11th century uh, St. Peter Damian was known by the people who knew him as a, as a man of deep prayer and penance. Uh, he lived kind of a, a hermit's life over in, in northern Italy. And St. Peter Damien, nevertheless, he also took public stands against the sin of simony. What does that mean? It's the practice of buying and selling ecclesiastical offices. He railed against that. And he also railed against clergy getting married. This guy, this this bishop held the line against again even the, even the liberal forces back then. In 1057, he was named cardinal and bishop of Ostia, Italy. Saint Peter Damian urged the secular clergy, thus that, the diocesan clergy, to embrace monastic poverty. And his many writings include letters written to influential, influential medieval figures, recommending detachment from worldly goods. Mm. He, died 10, he died in 1072 A.D and was named a doctor of the church in 1828. St. Peter Damien, pray for for us. us.
1: Jess, you know, um, he
0: brings up in reading that,
1: I just had some thoughts, and I can honestly tell you that when when Christ calls us to follow him, Jess, he wants nothing short of everything. And and if G.K. Chesterton was right when he said, we're only in this world to get out of this world, then all of those things that uh, Father Damien uh, stood for, basically, you know, even even when you talk about the priesthood and, and and a celibate priesthood and and how a priest just basically marries himself over, you know, uh, to the Lord, you know, um, those those types of uh, the, uh, things mean nothing uh, unless you understand that. Uh, everything around us is going to be is only temporary. These are temporal things. And
0: we, we we keep our mind on eternity. That's right. That's right. Hey, let me give you um, a reflection from Fulton Sheen. There's a reflection. It's called the blood of Christ. And then I want your comments on this, Paul. Fulton Sheen, the, the great bishop, uh, the great luminary of the 20th century, said the following. That's right. Full, they, sh- full they, sheen ahead. Here, here, let's, here let's hear
1: from the smartest man. <laughs> let's hear from the smartest man in the room. I got a theory up on this one.
0: <laughs> he said the following quote. He says about the blood of Christ, quote, Life had to be forfeited for our sins, and no life is more precious than that of God who became man. Yes. His blood was the blood of the God-man, and therefore... He paid the infinite price. We were not bought with gold and silver, but with the precious blood of Christ. That is how our sins are forgiven. And that is why our blessed Lord prayed for our forgiveness at the moment that he poured out his blood for us sinners on Calvary. Mm. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, now is the time to go to confession. To get rid of your sins. When the priest raises his hands. In absolution over you. The blood of Christ. Is dripping from his fingers. We priests. Are hardly conscious. Of this great power. I think we priests. Would almost be shocked to death. If we ever realized it. But that is how sin is absolved. By this blood of Christ. That flows through the priesthood, Bishop Fulton Sheen. Pray for us. Wow,
1: that's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. Jess.
0: Yeah, wow. deep, 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 thinker. Uh, one of the one of the great giants of, of, of the twentieth century, uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Pray for us. Want to read the gospel, Paul, then get some reflections before we uh, before we wrap it up for this first segment. Today's gospel in the Novus Ordo Mass was Mark chapter nine, verse thirty to thirty-seven. Um. Says Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee, but he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, "The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise." But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum. And once inside the house, he began to ask them, What what were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent, for they had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, whoever receives one such one child, such as this one in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord to you, Jesus Lord Christ, Jesus Christ, or, or as they say in Latin, Laus Tibi Christi, Laus Tibi Christi. <laughs> That's right. You know, so, hey. so, so, yeah, some things about the gospel today, Paul, that jump out at me. Our the, the Lord Jesus Christ, where it says that he spent, you know, he, three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. Our Lord Jesus Christ spent three days in darkness. And it's interesting because God also brought about three days of darkness over Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Three days of absolute darkness. And there's also mystics, approved mystics of the Catholic Church and blesseds that have also spoke, spoken about a future three days of darkness before the second coming of Christ. And so to me, it, it makes sense. Though it's prophecy. And you don't have to accept prophecy. Because that's not De That's not dogma or doctrine. It's prophecy. So you don't have to accept it. But I will say. God brought three days of darkness. Over the land of Egypt. Uh, The son of God experienced himself. Three days of darkness in the tomb. So to me it seems reasonable. If mystics and blessed say. That before the second coming of Christ. There will be a great chastisement. Where God will bring three days of darkness. Upon the earth. To me. It makes sense according to sacred scripture.
1: Yeah, and to quote the great Dr. Scott Hahn, he says, history does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you <laughs> and, go. And, yeah. so, and so so, just following that theme, we know that it's uh, if mystics are saying it and the Catholic Church has approved of it, eh, it's a pretty safe bet to, to believe that there will be three days of darkness once again.
0: Yeah, in order to get our attention, Paul, because just like just like uh, our Lord Jesus Christ got Saul of Tarsus' attention, he had to put Saul in three days of darkness. Remember, right. Saul was knocked off whatever it was, with a horse or a yeah. donkey, probably yeah. the horse, doesn't say, yep. and he was blind for three days, and in those three days, God revealed himself to him initially, and through those three yeah. days of darkness... His mind, he received an illumination of conscience. And at the end of those three days, he became not Saul Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle. Yeah. So if God did that to Saul of Tarsus, he could do that internationally to the entire world.
1: Yeah, and we also know that sacred scripture says it's a sinful generation that seeketh a sign. Sometimes God has to give signs because he loves them so much that he wants them to come in out of the dark.
0: We'll be right back. Stick around. We're going to talk about Bishop O'Connell. Rest in peace. We're back to Terry and Jesse. show. I'm here with Paul Clay. I've known Paul for probably going on... Forty years, uh, Paul and me met met each other as a result of Jesus Christ. It wasn't; it was a divine appointment that we met, and our friendship was not based really on the sheriff's department or on working out and lifting weights and running. We did all that, even boxing together. When the, our our relationship was forged forty years ago, based on on Jesus Christ, and it's remained. Uh, Paul Clay is the only real real cop. Him and Ruben Nava that I've that I've kept in contact with in the sheriff's department. Uh, cons- on a consistent basis, and you know why? Because it's both of those friendships from the Sheriff's department that are based on Christ. The other ones are just based on law enforcement and and superficial things. Paul and Rubenava and my and I forged a permanent relationship with them because it's forged on Christ and the Catholic faith. Paul, you yeah, got a just, comment I on just,
1: that? I just have one correction. You boxed. I got hit. <laughs> <laughs> But but I guess everybody remembers it the way they want.
0: <laughs> uh, my apologies, brother. I was just just trying yeah. to get ready for a fight. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just uh, so want want to say that uh, thanks be to God. The sheriff's department has arrested Carlos Medina, identified as a 65 year old suspect accused in the shooting death of uh, of auxiliary bishop uh, David O'Connell uh, from the San Gabriel region. We pray for him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal rest granted to Bishop David O'Connell, O Lord. And let your perpetual light shine upon him. May the soul of David O'Connell through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. And Lord, we beg you that he find mercy at your, at your tribunal of justice. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The LA County Sheriff Robert Luna confirmed on Monday Medina's arrest in a news conference on the afternoon of February 20th, saying that he initially refused to come out of his Torrance, California residence. Uh, uh, Bishop O'Connell was discovered deceased inside a home on February 18th. That's on Saturday. According to uh, the Alley Sheriff's Department, the Sheriff's Department, uh, they, uh, they send their SWAT team, uh, operated, uh, armed uh, for a barricaded suspect in Torrance. He was there for a few hours. Uh, the sheriff confirmed that Medina was taken into custody. Two recovered firearms and other possible evidence linking Medina to the crime. Uh, what else can we say about this? Uh, according to the Sheriff's Department, Uh that he that he in fact had barricaded himself in his home on Kenwood Avenue in Torrance a neighbor Marty Hernandez told the sheriff's department when she arrived at midnight that the suspect finally emerged at 9 a.m. in the morning and here's what she said here's what she said she knows about this neighbor that Carlos Medina was the husband of Bishop David O'Connell's housekeeper he's the one that's accused of making comments that the bishop when they arrested him he was Speaking like incoherently that the bishop owes me money. The bishop owes me money. Uh, also, Sheriff Luna said that a tipster contacted authorities and said that uh, Medina was was acting strange and irrational when they arrested him. That he was making comments about the bishop owing him money. That Cardinal Mahoney owed him money. That the FBI was was chasing him. Uh, neighbors of the of the of the killer. Luis Lopez and, and his son Adrian were evacuated by the Sheriff's Department and they say that the suspect's wife was a devout Catholic and the mm-hmm. suspect's wife knew Bishop David O'Connell that she was a wonderful woman. She was all about God according to the neighbors that knew her. The Sheriff's Department said in a news conference that the woman was O'Connell's housekeeper. That's why there was no force entry because the husband got the key from his wife somehow. Uh, Archbishop Gomez wrote in the February 19th, 2023 statement that church officials had learned that um, that morning from Sheriff's Department officials that the death of Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell yesterday was a homicide. Archbishop Gomez says, we are deeply disturbed and saddened by the news. He said, let us continue to pray for Bishop Dave and his family. And he added, we ask our blessed mother to intercede and to be a mother for all of us in this moment of sadness and pain. Mm -hmm. The sheriff also said, That, you know, Carlos, Carlos Medina shot David O'Connell, Bishop O'Connell, in the bedroom of the bishop's home. According to law enforcement sources, uh, Bishop O'Connell was 69 years old. He was found dead of a gunshot wound in his home owned by the Catholic Archdiocese. There was no sign of forced entry. The sheriff confirmed. He said a firearm was not discovered at the scene. The crime was not believed to be random, according to the sheriff's uh, department detectives. They were dispatched to the scene of the shooting on February 18, 2023. The news release says that the body was found in the 1500 block of Janlew Avenue in Hacienda Heights at 1257 p.m. in California. The victim was pronounced dead on the scene. Uh, What else do we know? Uh, According to the Sheriff's Department, a dark-colored SUV was seen in the Bishop's driveway. Uh, Luna said Medina drives a similar vehicle. And according to the Whittier Daily News... The sheriff's department received a call about a person not breathing and bleeding in his home. They found Bishop O'Connell deceased in a room from an apparent a gunshot wound, said the Daily News. And what else do we know? Uh, that something about Carlos Medina, the killer, the alleged killer. His yard was cluttered with junk. He had previously done work at Bishop at the bishop's home, the sheriff says. Uh, sheriff Luna said Medina had had previously been to the bishop's home and done work there uh a journalist tweeted he said here's a look inside the suspect's yard cluttered with an assortment of items and junk including pipes bikes buckets tools bikes and potted plants Mm -hmm. here's what that tells me tell paul here's something interesting uh external disorder usually reflects internal disorder i've seen that yep Yep, you'll find that yeah yeah internal disorder from someone and by the way i got this from a as we say in the police work, a confidential, reliable informant who knows a lot of the details, a lot of the minutia. A CRI told me that, su- that the suspect was a meth head. He was a, he was a, a meth drug addict. And again, yeah. we know that, that meth, I've talked to a lot of people that use meth. Every single one has told me that that's the only drug that they've used Were immediately when they're under the influence of meth, demons appear they come through the walls they come from the roof they come from under the ground they come from orifices of human beings every single meth drug addict i've spoken to said jesse that's the only drug it hasn't happened with heroin it hasn't happened with with the psychedelics it hasn't happened with any pills it hasn't happened with with lsd or, or, or pcp or marijuana the only drug where there's immediate an immediate invocation and conjuring up of demons is meth. This guy, according to my CIA, CRI, was a meth head, Paul.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Jess, you didn't even have to tell me that. As you were reading the article, I automatically, you know, in thinking about our conversation that we had on Jesus 911, we know that <clears throat> this is either A, Drugs. He either used drugs in the past, and they essentially uh, made him. Uh, you know, as we know, Jess, how many times we see people use drugs and they never come back to reality. Right. I mean, it 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 messes them up forever. They become schizophrenic, all kinds of yes. you know yes. different things, uh, or he was under the influence, one way or another. Either way, either way. Uh, uh, once again, we see uh, the spiritual. The yes. demonic uh, manifesting itself, you know, in the physical. And and who does he attack? A bishop. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew I knew Bishop O'Connell, Jess. I knew him when he was a priest. I knew him before he was bishop. I knew him for many years.
0: Oh, that's and great. Yeah, he used to be a, uh, he a was volunteer. A kind priest. He was a kind yeah, priest, was, very kind. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was a volunteer uh, uh, for the Sheriff's Clergy Council. Uh, and it's funny. You know, because the sheriff, you know, at the time it was uh, Leroy DeBaca, and he was uh, reaching out to the different clergy groups. And I remember uh, when I first met him, Jess, uh, I was uh, a Protestant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't wait to tell him that I that I came back to the church, and he had a big old grin on his face because he we we both gave each other that look like, oh, you know, huh. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah.
0: You know about the Eucharist. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Those looks. It was, yeah. He didn't give me that lost look, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, he was always respectful and everything like that. But the minute I shared with him that I returned back to the, the faith, he was just uh, he was
0: happy. <laughs> Paul, and I'll tell you one thing about meth that we know of. Meth is a very powerful drug. It's, it's an addictive stimulant that affects the nervous system. And it comes primarily in three forms, according to drug users. It comes in speed, which appears as a fine white powder, or it comes as crystal meth. That's that's the preferred one. It's like it's mm-hmm. a rock-like subs appearance, or it comes, or or they'll base it, they'll free base it, which it's it's a it's an oily, thick, brownish-yellow substance. But I'll tell you, uh, they'll call meth heads tweakers. You we've heard that word before, tweakers. They'll call mm-hmm. them tweakers. Or sometimes we're referred to meth heads. But I'll tell you, the effects of that include paranoia, hallucinations, violent behavior. Emphasis on that. Yeah, emphasis on that. Changes yeah. in brain function. Again, this guy was a meth head. Look at the symptoms of meth. Paranoia. He's saying, the FBI is after me. Carl Mahoney owes me $20,000. Hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Violent behavior. Mood changes. Again, th- this, this tweaker... Uh, and, and again, this is why the whole drug culture, Paul, is is, is very dangerous. And, 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 and the left, they have no problem with it. They, they, yeah. they, they don't mind people living intoxicated. These are the end results, Paul, of somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Somebody yes. whose intellect is not formed with the gospel. Whose will yes. is completely darkened and hampered because of drugs. And every again, I'm going to say it, every single meth head that I've talked with, and some in my family, by the way, yeah. <laughs> some in yeah. my family, they've told me, Uncle Jesse, Nino Jesse, when I'm under the influence, 100% of the times I see demons, I'm tormented by demons, or I talk to demons. I can tell you this, from, from in the field experience and talking to drug addicts, in my own family, they'll tell me meth is the equivalent of the Ouija board. It mm. immediately opens the door to the diabolical. Immediately, and if one of the if one of the symptoms of meth is paranoia, hallucinations, and violent behavior, well, guess what? That exact that exactly uh, explains the actions of this killer. Oh
1: yeah, you know uh, just. Just to give you uh, a, a, an idea, and you already know this, where society is going. Oh yeah. We we used to call back in the day, marijuana was a gateway drug, right? We, we mm-hmm. said, listen, marijuana is a gateway drug. People start out with marijuana and they usually end up nine times out of 10 experimenting or using stronger ju- drugs. Now, yeah, are there people that never go beyond marijuana? Yes, but usually it begins with marijuana and then it progresses on further. Um, so, well, so in in this case, you know, by the way, meth being a man-made drug, I think there's a there's a little there's thoughts there. You know what I mean? Yes, I mean yes. how it's how how it's, continue your thoughts. Oh. I want to hear your
0: thoughts on the next yeah. segment. I want to yeah, we'll we'll keep talking about this a little bit more before we move on to how we should prepare for Lent. Uh, we're going to be talking about highlighting the sacrament of confession, but we'll wrap it up on this topic. The Terry and Jesse Show. You're listening to just and Paul Clay, two retired cops that are in love with Jesus and serve the Blessed Virgin Mary as our Queen Mother. We'll be right back. We're back to Terry and Jesse Show. Two retired cops for Christ, two retired cops in the service of the Blessed Virgin Mary, two rosary-wielding retired cops. Paul, we're talking about Bishop O'Connell and and, uh, the murder that happened. Uh, Again, I went to Holy Mass this morning, offered my prayers of the Mass for him. I prayed my rosary this morning for him. I will pray the next eight days for Bishop David O'Connell that God has mercy on his soul. Paul, uh, you were were, were talking about uh, this... Oh, let me
1: give you an illustration,
0: Jess. I was
1: talking to a, a Catholic who are, you know, who I'm trying to build up in the faith, you know, and, you know, we were discussing what happened to the bishop. And immediately, immediately, the person said to me, hmm, I wonder what the bishop did to this guy's wife or, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess, the media has done such a good job in smearing uh the church, uh, in broad brushing. Uh, so people, when they hear that, you know, something happens to a priest, oh, he must have done something vile and evil to deserve it. How how sick is that? But, you know, and we all know, and we talk about this, about the infiltration. Uh, yeah, yeah, number one, hypocrisy never nullifies the truth. There are Amen. people who have infiltrated Amen. our church and who act... Uh, opposite of what Mother Church teaches. Yes. But, um, but to make an assumption, I mean, to automatically make it, and this was coming from a, a Catholic, Jess, uh,
0: it's sad. Yeah, I, I can tell you this, that let's just be honest, in, in our country right now, there's a very real anti-Catholic spirit that looms in our country. I can oh, prove yeah. it to you. I can prove it mm-hmm. to you. You have, ever since Roe versus Wade was overturned, by the Supreme Court, mainly Catholic Supreme Court justices, what have we seen, Paul? We've seen Catholic churches being vandalized, firebombed, and damaged. We've yes. seen Catholic statues being torn down. We've seen tabernacles being ripped off from the sanctuary. We've seen Catholic crisis pregnancy centers being vandalized and burned down to the ground and or, 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 or graffiti threatening them. Uh, we've seen that the FBI put out a document that brands Catholics that go to the Latin mass as a danger to America. We've seen Catholic pro-life leaders being attacked like our rogue government attacked Mark Houck, a father of uh, eight children who who's about the most peaceful guy you've ever wanted to meet because I know him personally. Uh, you also have these pro-abortion anarchists threatening to kill Catholic justice Brett Kavanaugh picketing in front of his house for months why for being one of the one of the ones who struck down Roe versus Wade. And now you have the murder of a Catholic bishop. Paul, this is not surprising. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the state of America right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, years ago when I was a, a Protestant, I took note just that Pat Boone. Uh, I guess that's Debbie Boone's father, uh, the singer Debbie Boone. Pat Boone was a singer as well. Uh, he made a statement, and this is what this is what his statement said: If the Catholic Church falls, and Christianity falls. Wow. Yeah, he had a moment of clarity there, and I was like, yeah. wow, as a Protestant, this guy says this. I mean, God obviously gave him this moment of clarity, but he realized that, listen, the Catholic Church is Christianity, yeah. okay, period. It, is the, yes. it represents the fullness of the faith, and this is why the enemy, he's not going after Calvary Chapel. No. He's not going after, you know, all these other plethora of denominations out there is going after the catholic church why because it is the mystical body of christ and when you understand really what the catholic church means to this world you understand why the devil and his minions want to eradicate the very pure worship uh uh, you know um, uh, from the rising of the sun to its setting a perfect Sacrifice, a pure sacrifice is offered to me, and my name is great among
0: the Gentiles. That is the Catholic Church, Jess Preach it, brother. Preach it. Yeah, pa- Paul, and and I'll tell you why the devil who who runs the world. First John five nineteen. It's right in the Bible, so don't mm-hmm. call me a kook. Second Corinthians four four. The God of this world is the devil. It's right in Scripture. Yep. Uh, and 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 what the church means by that is he runs the levers of powers. Uh, the church uses a term in the catechism. It says it's called the social structures of sin. The devil runs, here it is, the social structures of sin. This is the way the church, and what are those structures? The, the church says in paragraph four or seven of the catechism, politics, education, social action, and morality. A lot mm-hmm. of this comes from what? Think about uh, the World Economic Forum, the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm some rhinos in the Republican Party, Planned Parenthood, uh, the Playboy, Penthouse, Hustler, uh, Big Pharma, Big Tech, uh, Hollywood. Th- these are, the, these are what, what the catechism calls the social structures of sin. They've, set up, mm-hmm. they've been set up by man, fallen man, sinful man, wicked man, and the devil attaches himself to these social structures of sin and uses them to govern the world, to reign the world. That's the way it happens. And he knows that the only opposition to him is Roman Catholic Christianity. Why? Roman Catholic Christianity gave us Western civilization hospitals, orphanages, schools, universities, science, telescopes, the printing press, uh, you know, hospices. Uh, you name it. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Roman Catholic Christian Church gave us Western civilization, yes. and this is why you hear "build back better," or what yep. the or, or what the Freemasons say, "salve et coagule." We must dissolve in order to rebuild. Yes. This is why yes. Satan must tear down everything yes. given to us. By Roman Catholic Christianity, which is yes. Western civilization, yes. the music, the architecture, yes. uh, 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 you know, canon law, civil law. Yes, you um, name it. And
1: yeah. uh, Jess, let us not forget that the strategy of the enemy, of any uh, enemy who is, uh, 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 has any amount of intelligence, is to divide and conquer. Yeah. So when you look at what happened to the church in, 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 in two basic periods in history, one in the year 1054, the other one uh, in, in, in 1521 with uh, Luther, Yes. Uh, the church, Christianity was divided. Everybody remembers the old song back in the day, not that I'm dating myself, but, you know, united we stand, divided we fall. And so the actual... You know what? You know what? Some hailed as a this 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 moment of you know uh, you know freedom. We can you know we can express our uh, religious beliefs and uh, separation of church and state. What a what a high you know uh, ideal is that. Well, what that is, uh, is tantamount to is separation of God and man. <laughs> you know yeah. because because there is a God and He's God of everything, including the state. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my thoughts on that, brother.
0: Your thoughts are, are right on the money. Uh by the way, uh if you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. This is Jess and Paul Clay. Terry's out doing some apostolic work. Uh but again, as Catholics, uh, I want to build you up in the last segment. Don't get discouraged about all this. Don't get discouraged. I'm gonna tell you some things that we should be doing uh yeah. in the last segment. But Paul, we're gonna we're gonna pass over. We'll do I'll do it tomorrow why you should go yeah. to Lent, because it's kind of a lengthy article by Father William Casey. So I'll, I'll save yes. that for, for tomorrow. I want to talk yeah. about, it's a shorter It's a shorter topic. It's preparing for Lent with Bishop Sheen. you get that? You have mm. that there? It's a yes, very I short do. article. So l- let me just yep. jump into this. Fulton Sheen writes this, uh, or, or this is written by Al Smith. He's a friend of Terry and mine. He's a Fulton Sheen expert. He knows everything about Sheen's, read all his books. And he writes this, Al Smith writes this, as I prepare for Lent each year, I ask myself the same questions. What am I going to give up? What works of mercy will I perform or what spiritual reading might I entertain this year? The older I get, the more I realize that I cannot go wrong with the tried and proven writings of the saints. Classics such as St. Alphonsus Liguori's The Way of the Cross and Lenten reflections from the writings of St. Teresa of Avila and St. Francis de Sales are staples in my home. But to be honest, It is the writings of the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen that continue to be my trusted Lenten companion. I will never forget the first time I read Sheen's book from 1939 entitled Victory Over Vice. As I entered into the book, I began to to feel deep, heartfelt sorrow for my sins for the first time in my life. Fulton Sheen's words were removing the scales from my eyes. He showed me that the seven last words that our Lord spoke from the cross were the antidote for each of the seven deadly sins. I'll move to the next paragraph. He says, I find out. I found out that during his last recorded Good Friday address in 1979, Archbishop Sheen spoke of having given this type of reflection on the subject of Christ's seven last words from the cross. He said, For the 48th consecutive time, whether as a young priest in Peoria, Illinois, the university professor in Washington, D.C., or the bishop in New York, Sheen's messages were sure to make an indelible mark on his audience. Possessing a burning zeal to dispel the myths about, the, about our Lord and his church, each year Sheen gave a series of powerful presentations on Christ's passion and his last seven words from the cross. As a scripture scholar, Archbishop Sheen knew full well the power contained in preaching Christ crucified, With St. Paul, he could say 1 Corinthians 2.2, For I decided decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Close quote. By the way, that's why Catholics wear crucifixes around their neck. Mm -hmm. This confirmed, L. Smith writes, what I had realized after reading many of Sheen's books, that he desired most of all to speak about the mystery of love and suffering, more specifically about Jesus Christ becoming man and dying for our sins. Recently, I came upon this great description of what a priest should be. A priest is someone who brings Jesus to the people and in turn brings the people to Jesus. (laughs) Music to my ears. From Sheen's books and listening to his audio recordings and watching him on television, I have found that he fits this description perfectly indeed he's an accomplished retreat master his love for our lord and our blessed mother permeates his every thought binding our hearts to theirs and isn't this what lent is all about a time to put god in first place in our hearts we'll talk about bringing people to christ in the next segment this is just from here paul clay stick around don't go anywhere we'll be right back
1: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show to join the conversation. Call 888-526-2151. Now here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We are blessed by the best and we want to tell the rest and his name is Jesus Christ. We're talking about uh, how to prepare ourselves for Lent uh, according to Fulton Sheen. Then we want to talk about we want to build people up and give you some action items on how to Keep your faith and your sanity during this present darkness. Just want to mention something that was just sent to me via my phone. Uh, You know, a lot of people are always saying, hey, fact check, fact check. Forget about fact checking. I'll tell you why. Here's an article I've known about this report. George Soros funds global fact checking empire. So anytime Mm -hmm. people say, oh, you got a fact check, you got a fact check. Those are paid employees, paid employees contractors of george soros the billionaire god-hating atheist socialist marxist he funds all the fact checkers in the world they stand behind their computers in their basement in their underwear, in mommy and daddy's house get paid by george soros and they put out statements like what jesse and paul romero are saying is not true it's mm-hmm. not true don't listen to them so and also there's another article that somebody sent me that there's also a, 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 a website of, of Catholic fact checkers. Guess what? You know who funds them? George Soros. So stop relying on fact checkers. These are Marxist, atheist, godless millennials that are sitting in their in their parents' basement with their underwear behind their computer, uh, put, being paid by George Soros. That's all I have to say about that. Come on, oh, you
1: mean I can't? You mean I can't listen to Alexa anymore? <laughs> you know, I get a lot of good stuff on Alexa.
0: <laughs> Let me finish up a sheen here. Then we want to build them up uh, this last couple of minutes. It's, the article says it's it's entitled, by the way. Uh, the article is uh, entitled. You can get these go, sh- articles by going to our show page, vmpr.org or jesseromero.com. Preparing for Lent with Bishop Sheen. Preparing for Lent with Sheen. He says, L. Smith writes this. Over the last 10 years, it has been my privilege to speak about the life and writings of the venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen. I never tire of hearing the the Sheen stories, how he is still fondly remembered by so many, and how we touch touch people's lives. As a way of thanking God for the many favors that my family has received through the intercession of Our Lady and and the venerable Sheen, I compiled a collection of Sheen's writings about our Lord's passion and his his seven last words. The book is titled, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, a Fulton Sheen Anthology. by Sophia Press. For the first time ever, Archbishop Sheen's complete writings and reflections on Christ's last words have been compiled into one book. Sheen masterfully demonstrates how the last seven words of our Lord are in fact a full catechism on the spiritual life. And from these holy words, we learn the secrets of the living, the Beatitudes, ways to avoid the deadly vices of anger, envy, lust, and pride, and how to cultivate the heavenly virtues of fortitude, prudence, justice, and charity. Bishop Sheen teaches us how to deal with difficult people and how to understand pain and suffering. And he binds all of this together with touching references to the most beautiful love between our Lord and his blessed mother. The the venerable Fulton Sheen has been my trusted Lenten guide for a number of years now. He is that faithful priest who continues to bring Jesus to me and helps to bring me closer to Jesus, I pray that he will do the same for you this Lent. Mm. Fulton Sheen, pray for us. Paul, let's build up the audience. A lot of things going on in our country, a lot of things going on in the world that seem to get people despondent and despairing and depressing. What can you say uh, to our audience, Paul, as words of inspiration?
1: Well, listen, Uh, as we know, Ash Wednesday is coming up. And uh, as a matter, uh, let me just tell you about Ash Wednesday. Uh, you you know about the tradition of ashes, Jess. In in the Old Testament, they would uh, they would apply uh, sackcloth and ashes as a sign of repentance, as a sign of you know you know you know they understood uh, it's a sign of our mortality. You know, you go back to Genesis and and you know for, you realize we're made you came from dust. dust you shall return. Yes, dust you shall return. So. So this Lenten season, as we come upon it, God has given us an opportunity, you know, to, to have a moment of sobriety, you know, uh, that that if we deny ourselves certain earthly pleasures, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, like, like certain foods and different things like that, and that we focused because we're a composite of, you know, we're we're spiritual. There's that spiritual element of man, but it's a composite with that physical element. So right now our focus, I mean, uh, the spiritual. So we want to focus on the spiritual. That's what we want to do because we know, we know that as we focus, the spiritual reality is the only real reality in the end, meaning, of course, there's a physical reality. But what I'm talking about is the things that matter. The things that matter most are number one, God is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. So this is a call for all of us to take a time to just kind of dust off the the cares of this world. Yes, the things that, that you know that, that that might tempt us to worry. You quoted, I think, on the earlier show, John the twenty third, when he said, you know, uh, <laughs> the problems of the world are so big. At the end, he said, "Listen, I'm going to bed, Lord. It's your church," <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, obviously, you know, but there's a lot of wisdom in that statement, a lot of wisdom in that statement to recognize that, look, we're, we're only designed to bear so much and, and and we're exhorted in sacred scripture to, you know, uh, don't worry about those things. Why? Because
0: God, uh, uh, be still and know that I am God. Yeah, Paul, and, and you're right. Uh, that's a good point you make. Too many of us as Catholics, they we we we're taking on the problems of the world. And guess what? That's not what you were called to do. No. Uh, yeah. And, no. Yeah. The story goes like this, that St. Pope John the 23rd, he's the one that called convened Vatican II, I think in 1962. And he passed away the first year that Vatican II started. Uh, Pope John the 23rd, people that knew him said that he would he would end his evening with eight words. At the end, at the end of a long day of of, of work, he would say a simple eight word prayer. When he'd go to bed, he'd say, quote, it's your church, God. I'm going to bed. (laughs) In other words, at the end of the day, we have to remember, like, like, like Pope John the 23rd did, that God's in control. He's not asleep. You think he's asleep? He's not. This is his world. He loves everybody in this planet. He desires everybody's salvation. And this is his Catholic church. And his his divine providence, you know, we think like, oh, no, man, it's going. We're going to crash into an iceberg. No, he's guiding the church through these rough waters for final victory. For who? For who? For those that persevere to the end in faith. Matthew Mm -hmm. 10, 22, Matthew 24, 13. You have to persevere to the end in faith. This ship that you think is about to crash in these, uh, 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 you know, uh, right into an iceberg. No, it's headed towards heaven. That's why St. Father DeBea would always tell us, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and God will hear your prayer. You know, going back to, to John the 23rd, that's just, it's just good advice for sanity. Remember, yes. remember, remember this. Don't take all the problems of the church and all the problems in the country on your shoulders. Give yes. those problems to God in prayer. Why? He has bigger shoulders than you have. He can handle it. You can't. He can. Give those problems I'm... to the Lord in prayer. You know why? Why? He's going to be up all night anyways, he doesn't go to sleep.
1: You do. Yeah. Let me give you let me give you some quotes from the latest uh, letter from Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò, okay? Wow. He says, "On the one hand, these human considerations can throw us into despair and make us fear for our very survival. On the other hand, we recognize the true ark of God for salvation because she uh, uh, we see her ready on the mount of Calvary upon which she is built Calvary where she awaits us upon the altar of each day wow. it matters little that another ark is pointed out to us by people in whom we place our trust and should not be deceiving us or that we are uh, or that there are those who consider the ark useless and for this reason make fun of us and treat us as if we're crazy, it matters little that there are those who deny that there is an impending flood, even if, yeah. So in the end, Archbishop Vigano is letting us know that, listen, we have an ark, and the ark is Mother Church, mm. and Mother Church uh, is where we go for our refuge and our safety. Though the flood waters come, Jess, we are safe in the, we are safe in, you know, uh, the, the, God gave us the church for a blessing for us, yeah. Yeah. For our, for, uh, as a means of our salvation.
0: Amen. Yeah. You know, Paul, it's very interesting you say that. You're it, 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 it just reminding me of something else. In Psalm 91, there's a phrase that says that, you know, uh, that we are, we are, uh, I think it says, we are underneath the shadow of God's wings. It's in Psalm 91. Yes. Yes. The church fathers, the church fathers interpret that verse in Psalm 91 that we are under the shadow of God's wings. They interpret that as the cross. Mm. We're under the cross of Christ. We're under the blood. Don't be afraid. If you're in a state of grace, you're under the blood of Jesus. You're underneath the cross of Christ. You have nothing to fear. Who's underneath the cross of Christ with you? Our Lady, Mary, St. Mary Ah. Magdalene, uh, St. John the Apostle. You're in good company under the cross of Christ. Fear not. Yeah, I know there's there's an earthquake, yes. Oh, I know the temple of Jerusalem is falling, yes. I know, oh, lightning and thunder, and it's dark, and it's raining, I know. Don't be afraid to be under the cross of Christ. You're under the protective shadow of his wings, as it says in Psalm 91, and you're with our lady. Fear nothing, the storm is gonna go away.
1: Yes, as the sacred scripture tells us, in him we both move and breathe and have our being. Yes, yes, hide me in the cleft of the cross. You know, from with uh, what do we say when yeah. we pray the the anima Christi, uh yeah. from within thy wounds hide, hide me, me and suffer yeah and suffer me not to be separated
0: from thee. Me. That's right. What a beautiful prayer. Wow. Yeah. Brother, thanks a lot for filling in. I love it when you fill in. Uh I just something uh-huh. about we Thank just you. uh we just seem to uh, d- dance well together, as they say.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, you've been, to the, yeah, you've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Uh, and uh, thanks a lot for, to Paul for, for filling in. We'll uh, hope you infor- enjoyed the show. We really enjoyed putting out this information. Uh, remember, if you like what you hear, share this show with your friends. There's a lot of people yes. that need to hear. Go to VNPR.org and you can share this You can share this uh, link, vmpr.org. Share it on social media, at VMP Radio, on our YouTube channel, Full Sheen Ahead. Share us with your friends and evangelize everybody you love. God bless you. Keep the faith. See you next Christ time, next Christ channel. God bless you.
1: And have a powerful Lenten season.
0: Yes.